is and it, it can be and it will be uh, tough and stressful at the same time. But I think it's the key is to stay patient and really be true to what your goal is. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to How to College First Gen. I'm your host, Shiv. Today, we are joined by Shukan, who is a first-gen Indian-American who works in the construction sector. After recently going through the recruitment cycle himself, Shukan and I explore how to navigate the job market from internship recruiting to full-time. We know this is a super stressful time of the year, with finals approaching and internships and full-time recruiting at full gear. So we hope this discussion sheds some light on the process overall. Also, I wanted to apologize in advance for the audio quality this week. You'll hear some ruffling in the background, which we've tried to minimize in post-production and editing, but you'll still hear a little bit. Hey, Shugan. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Shiv. Appreciate it. So why don't we begin today's episode with a little intro on who you are? Yeah, so I was born and raised in India until I was about eight years old, and then uh, moved to the United States, to Oklahoma. whole family immigrated, and then I continued on with my elementary and middle school there, and then relocated to Texas to the high school there. Yeah, I'm sure that must have been a big move, both a culture shock coming from uh, India to the U.S. and then also from Oklahoma to Texas. Yeah, definitely. Don't know which one was the bigger one, but... <laughs> uh, definitely coming from India over to the States was a big cultural shock. A lot of new things to learn. Well, cool. Well, after high school, where did you end up going to university? So I attended the University of Texas at Austin, graduated in May 2020, right during the heart of the pandemic. Oh, I'm sure that must have been rough and chaotic. Yeah, definitely was. Did you end up getting to walk or did you have to walk virtually? Yeah, during the pandemic, we walked virtually. Okay, well, I'm glad you're able to do that at least and celebrate that big occasion. So what did you end up majoring in during your time at UT? Yeah, so I majored in architectural engineering. To let the audience know, architectural engineering, it focuses on buildings anywhere and everywhere from building design, engineering, which was the primary focus of the degree and all the way through construction. That's an interesting major. What made you choose that? Yeah, so I was always fascinated by infrastructure and construction growing up as a child. Really looked towards construction sites and things like that. So people made it seem like engineering was the path to go to. Um, and then I realized there's a, a whole career surrounding uh, building. So I worked towards that. Is that what you do now? Yeah, so I work as an assistant uh, project manager with a construction management company down here in McAllen. We oversee day-to-day -day project operations. Mainly my uh, role is in the office right now, scheduling, contract management, budget, things like that. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're able to find a job you're so passionate about. So the heart of today's episode is going to be all about job searching. So I thought we'd split that up in this chat into two different topics, internship and full-time. So I guess starting with the internship side, did you have any internships during your time at UT? I had two internships. One was a part-time internship. The other one was a full-time. Cool. Yeah. So let's break that up. The first one. Was that the part-time or the full-time one? Yeah. So the first one was a part-time internship during my second year in college. It was actually a part of a scholarship requirement. So campus organizations would come out and uh, recruit students who are part of this program. And one of them just so happened to be with the construction management department that oversaw construction activity on campus. How did you end up first connecting with them? Yeah, so it was sort of a career fair kind of format. We just had a bunch of different organizations present on campus and we would go and meet them and they had similar like job postings and then just kind of filtering through those and that's how I connected with them. Awesome. Yeah, and I know a lot of internships tend to be either paid or unpaid depending on the sector or the opportunity. 
do you mind sharing which one this uh, part-time one was? Yeah, so this one was unpaid since it was part of a requirement, so it wasn't. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And then what kind of work did you end up doing? How long were you doing it, and who did you work with, and what were some of the projects like? Yeah, so it was really similar to what I do right now, only as if I had an assistant under me who was helping me. It was in a similar position like that, kind of overseeing day-to-day operations of construction projects that were happening on campus and ensuring that they were following UT standards. Exciting. Yeah. You can see how that really meshes with your passion for architectural engineering and buildings. So that's cool. Yeah. And to be able to see it for the classrooms and buildings we visit every day as students, it was, it was truly a great experience. I'm glad. I used to work quite a few part-time jobs during my time in undergrad. And I also had the opportunity to have a couple of internships. So for the listeners that are debating between applying for a part-time internship, whether paid or unpaid, or just getting a part-time job, which one would you prioritize? How valuable was this part-time internship for you? I would say it was very valuable. It, it provided key uh, real industry experience that you can't get from your classroom. So seeing how the, the day-to-day into how companies work and operate, it gave, it gave valuable insights to go back and directly impacted your um, academic decisions on which areas you wanted to focus on. So it's, it's part of the part of the internship. You realize a lot more than just the, the activities you do in the day-to-day. It's, it's, it comes back and impacts you. Yeah, I'm glad it broadened your perspective and it was that valuable. And then how did that internship inform the next one, like the full-time one you ended up getting? Yeah, so this, this internship was focused on construction, so I wanted to make sure I do something different from my other internship. So I actually did it towards the engineering design side. Of it. And then after that one, I realized I wanted to stay in construction, at least for the beginning beginning of my career. So it kind of helped me narrow down which area I wanted to go into. Can you walk us through what that second internship was? Like who was it with and then how long were you there? Yeah, so that one was a summer internship between my third and fourth year with a design and engineering firm based out of London, UK. And the firm provided design services, 3D modeling, engineering analysis, and things like that. So majority of my role was to, to support, use 3D soft modeling software um, and refine designs and things like that, do engineering analysis. And then we were also, a major area that the, the firm focused on was publications based on previous projects they had, do textbooks and things like that for, for universities and schools. So we also helped develop case studies for past projects so that they could use for their textbooks. Cool, exciting. And first things first, since I'm sure the audience is thinking it, were you able to travel to London for this internship with a remote here in Texas? It was remote down here in Austin, Texas. Fortunately, we did not get a chance to travel up, but it would have been good. Like only imagine. But cool, awesome, exciting opportunity. So it sounds like you didn't end up returning there for full-time, correct? Correct, yeah, I did not. Okay, let's pivot into your full-time recruiting. You mentioned that you graduated summer 2020, which I'm sympathetic for. That must have been a tough time to graduate and start recruiting full-time. When did you really start that recruitment cycle? So the recruitment after graduation during the heart of the pandemic, just like everybody else, uh, a lot of firms did not know what was going to happen. So even for them, there was so much uncertainty that they didn't know if either they were laying off people themselves. So they were definitely not hiring new people. And so it was really just of a kind of a, a waiting period to kind of figure out when things are going back to normal or what the future was going to look like. So kind of let the phase pass out and then um, really come August, September, uh, at least in our industry is when realize okay people are looking to start hiring again so started reaching out searching online reaching out to my connections networks trying to see where there's availability and then when did you end up landing the role you're in now i think i received the offer in uh, october so within a few months okay well yeah congrats but i'm sure that must have been a stressful series of months after graduation it really was 
So I guess through that process, how did you end up going through it? Because I'm sure the resources and the environment changed a lot. Did you lean on your university services? Did you lean on your personal network mainly? Or how did that look for you? Yeah, so being out of university, I mainly used the networks that I built up throughout the years. Yeah, to professors and other industry individuals like can just kind of talk to to get a gauge on how their firm is currently and then um, online searching right looking at where there's job openings and things like that networking it helped me out getting in contact with those who are really looking for new hires and we're ready to hire altogether yeah i know it's often memed about that employers especially on these online job postings are looking for out-of-college grads that have 10 years of experience. How did you jump that hurdle of recruiting during like a, a high supply, low demand period and actually like put yourself out there? Yeah, so just like any other industry, everybody loves to have people who have the most amount of experience uh, on their back. So we're, we're no different. And I think for me, it was really to lean on the internship experience that I'd gained and to really use that as valuable insight in the industry and then kind of present myself in that manner to show that I had actually got experience. So the internship really helped on that end. I'm glad. Yeah. And that's another uh, plus one or snaps for why internships are so important because it really gives you that eye-opening experience and you can put on your resume and use it for full time. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But cool. Awesome. So when you were actually applying for this role, did you shotgun blast your resume out to uh, like everything on Indeed or LinkedIn or were you a lot more targeted during your process? So I was more targeted just because of the, the state of the industry uh, surrounding the pandemic. It didn't feel right to kind of just start blasting your resume out there. You would not receive the correct feedback and I didn't want to let, let that be a demotivator. So I, I was making sure that my resume was being sent to the those where it was would really be considered and where there was really a genuine interest on my end too i didn't really just want to get a job just for the sake of getting a job so it was really a waiting game and making sure both sides were content and happy yeah that makes sense yeah those are two really good points first is i completely agree it's disheartening to get so many rejection letters after shotgunning your email so that's a it's good to be targeted but also completely agree that i think folks tend to undervalue even in times where it's difficult to land a role like your experience the importance of making sure that you're a good fit in that company is ultra important because you don't want to be somewhere just because they're the first people to offer you a job and you regret being there and wasting two or three years of your professional career so in this process it sounds like because you were targeted it sounds like you're leaning on connections that you have or companies that you know or relationships you've built so do you advise people focus on that part of it, the human element of networking? Yeah, most definitely, because it was a solution which worked for me. Right? The construction industry is, is one where the market's not uh, fully taken over by large multinational corporations. And so a lot of these smaller companies, they connect with people more than anything. Yeah, they'll have the recruitment process and everything like that, but the people are still probably the biggest factor when it comes to recruiting. So I think maintaining those connections and relationships, it really helped me in a time like this one. And the way you built those relationships was what again? Like, how did you go around finding those small companies to connect with? Yeah, so I mean, it was just kind of looking for like word of mouth and people across connecting with people, not directly in your industry also, but because they might know a person who works at one of these firms and things like that. Awesome. Yeah. And did you lean on like the, uh, I remember you mentioned that you were already post-graduation, but I know career fairs or Resume critiques tend, tend to have a lot of industry representatives. Is that kind of where you started those relationship building processes? 
Yeah, actually. So our department at, at UT, we had a industry uh, specific career fair. I think that was one of the biggest factors and it was one of the easiest kind of ways to approach new individuals from different companies. So similar to a career fair, we would have uh, companies come down and they would bring alumni students who were who had graduated maybe less than five years from our program, went on to go and work for them. So just connecting with those recent grads and talking to them about their experiences, it really decreased the, the gap between able to communicate with an employer. So it provided the tangible experience that you can connect with other individuals in the industry. You know, it wasn't just the same as going down a black hole and just applying online, um, you know, just shooting your resumes out. Yeah, that's fair. I guess a personal anecdote from my side is I used to recruit for Exxon and Exxon used to come to U of H where I went to undergrad. I set up a table during the engineering career fair for across all the different engineering majors and we used to review resumes the two interesting things that i think are worth sharing i think you've already highlighted pretty eloquently the first one is it's important to build that human connection that human relationship there are people that i've met there that i still connect with on linkedin today and I've given feedback to, I've reviewed the resume. And I think regardless of if they ended up at Exxon or not, it's been a valuable relationship that supported them and supported me because who knows where they'll end up and where we'll both end up. The world's a funny place and you'll end up crossing paths with people multiple times. But also I think the other element of it is like, how do you like differentiate yourself during a career fair? You know, I remember I'd be reviewing like dozens and dozens or even hundreds of resumes during a day. And my eyes would be glazed over by the end of it, just looking for something to do because I'd be bored. And there's only so much we can do with recruiters, you know? And the people that come up to me and they have that excitement to learn about what we do, that actually know what we do and they've done their homework, they have a passion for the sector I'm in, the work that I'm doing. I think that element of it is super important to, to leave a lasting impression. So the advice I have for anyone looking forward to career fairs is make sure you know what the company does, what their mission is, what the people are in interested in and then go with that same enthusiasm and energy because they'll i promise you if they do that work day in and day out they're more than happy to talk to you about it did you have any similar experiences you yeah so i just wanted to add one more thing to to the, the kind of the industry open house um, career fair is we were not there to just give resumes or things like that so it was primarily just to talk to them and connect with them so i think that was one of those kind of like those icebreaker moments where hey you're not looking to give them your resume you know this is not what that's for and this is really just for you to go out there and connect and network with other professionals in this industry that was one of the biggest resources that really helped i'm glad yeah and i'm sure the the folks that come to that are coming with a different mindset they're not coming to judge you or they're not coming to, to review you they're coming just to build a human relationship with you and actually share everything they've learned and pay it forward. Well, I'm glad that you were able to lean on that network you built during your time at university and the, those experiences you built. But now let's pivot to a section of the recruitment process that's often under-discussed, from my opinion, which is like the negotiation slash the salary element of it. So first is like, how do you balance like the salary search? I know a lot of companies don't share that online. Like, how, how do you know how much is competitive or where you are? Like, how do you even know where to start? Yeah, so I think just a lot of resources online um, today where you can look up your position that you're trying to pursue and then the area you're trying to pursue in and then just kind of get an estimated range. I think that's a big indicator and big help into realizing like what area ballpark figure you're, you'll be playing around in. Understandable, yeah. And I know a lot of students are burdened with a ton of debt and then as graduation date looms that stress definitely adds up if you don't have a job lined up so i guess any advice for folks on how to handle not only the job search especially at the tail end of the semester but the stress of handling that debt and having to pay it over without that job ready 
Yeah, so, you know, like you said, it, it's it's overwhelming, right? It, it's a big factor in deciding what job people eventually end up taking. But I think that the key here is to not get boggled down, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard to look away from that. But the job that you take, you want to make sure that you'll, you'll be happy with it. You know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're satisfied with what you're doing. And salary can be a big factor, but sometimes you might just have to the best thing to do is to wait it out. So it might be a little cliche here, but it, it'll be okay. Okay, one final question about the salary, which is the negotiation process, especially for a lot of college grads. This is like the first time that you're getting a job offer and the first time you're having to negotiate how much you're worth, right? You're fresh out of college. You're just there. You're excited for the experience most of the time. How do you handle that negotiation process? It's scary. It's tempting to just take the offer that was given to you and then just continue on with it because you're also afraid of losing the job, right? You don't want to start off on a bad note and set an impression that you're trying to ask for a lot of money. But again, it's a two-way street. As much as you're looking for a job, the employer is also looking for a good employee who can carry out that job, right? So you just have to be confident in your approach and negotiation can definitely can work in your favor. Yeah, and one interesting tidbit I'll share is depending on where you apply for jobs or where you're getting your offer from, there's different levels of flexibility. It might depend on the role, on the on the demand that they have, how many other people are applying for it. But often multinationals or very like F500 companies have like salary curves and equation that determine your salary. And if you're going to like Exxon, for example, then there's like hundreds of other people going at the same time and you have the same entry salary. So often there's less room for negotiation in those places. But if you're going into a more niche role or a more niche industry, a boutique, there's much more of an opportunity there to negotiate. Yeah, and also negotiations don't always have to be about the salary amount, right? They can also be about work-life flexibility, right? Depending on if you need extra days off or need to work from home or where it's a work from office kind of job and things like that. So um, there's different avenues you can explore that can be negotiated. Well said. Well said. The vacation one is, is definitely undervalued here in the U.S. Fun fact is I highly suggest the audience here Google the average weeks of vacation here in the U.S. versus other countries around the world, specifically Europe. And you'll be astonished how much out-of-college grads get in different countries. What do you think the uh, average is in England or Germany? Oh, I want to say three weeks, four weeks. I think it's closer to six. Yeah, I think it, uh, it it's pretty substantial. I recall back at Exxon, there'd be fellow employees from different parts of our business units in different parts of the world that would have vastly different compensation packages just based on that culture and that region's uh, demands and market. So anyways, yeah, it varies dramatically. And I think we're so focused on the America model that it's worth looking externally and just seeing how other people are doing it. But cool. So moving on, now that you're in your current role, I guess first to start, how are you liking it? What's your job look like? Are you are you having a good time? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think the experience I'm receiving at where I'm at, they have a lot to offer. And I think I'm in a really good position with them. I'm glad. How's your network there? Like, how's your supervisor? How's your your coworkers? Is it a fun working environment? It really is. I think they they really um, made my uh, experience there so far really enjoyable. My bosses, my coworkers, especially, they're a big support system for my career growth. And I think every day I'm there, spending so much time. Right? You know, you're spending a lot more time at work than you are at home. So it's it's really your second family there, and to receive so much support from them and. To always go in every day and to think that they're going to teach me something new and make me a better version of myself, it's 
it's really something that a lot of people love to have in their workplace. That's so positive. And that reminds me of this interesting advice that my mentor gave me once, which is your first role out of college or even your first couple of roles matter less than how much you can lean on your supervisor or how strong your support system is. Because that will enable your growth much faster than the specific role or title you have. Yeah. So well said. Well, again, well, since you're having such a good time now, let's pivot to your future a little bit. What do you see as your future goals? Do you see yourself staying in this industry, in this company? What are some of your long-term and medium-term goals? Yeah, so I definitely want to stay in the construction industry. I think it's one to work my way up the ladder um, in the project management area and definitely stay in construction. Cool. Do you see yourself going to any form of grad school or anything? Uh, I haven't decided yet. One of the advice my mentors gave me was in, in this industry, not a lot of people look towards grad school, but I, I do kind of want to have it on my side just to go to grad school for something I'm interested in. Okay. Yeah, I know. So I used to work in project management, both at the DOE now, the Department of Energy, and then also back in my time in oil and gas. And I know a lot of the project managers, especially the ones working on like some of the multinational billion dollar jobs, often have their like PMPs and their licensed project managers and they have uh, like MBAs. So sometimes some of those uh, seeds that you're planting now end up supporting your future growth. Yeah, I think more than grad school what might be more uh, suited for this field certifications and uh, courses on the side rather than a full-blown master's degree so that might be something i look to work my way towards yeah so just out of interest mentioned pmp but specific certifications do you think are, are most relevant yeah yeah some, something like that for project management and a lot of it is um, soft skills right interpersonal skills being able to communicate effectively i think that's one of the, the key things so any project management certification things like that it's it's a big plus okay yeah good yeah i think folks are so focused on the degrees that we often uh don't appreciate the value of some of these certifications and soft skill development so well said uh, so turning to, to your future goals again, you mentioned you want to stay in construction and move up the ladder. How have you started going down that path? Have you started expanding your network? Um, how are you building that uh, th those skill sets and that network to help you get there? Yeah, so one of the, the key things is I think our, the company I'm with right now focuses on is getting in touch with local trade organizations. I like to stay connected with the industry on current events, uh, learn new skills, meet other people, and then, of course, uh, listen to podcasts on what others are doing. Nice. Well, if the listeners are uh, already listening to podcasts like this, and I'm sure they'll take you up on that advice and listen to one's focus on their sector as well. Yeah, it's a good way to connect with others. Nice. So I guess one final question to end our conversation, which is, what advice do you have for any people that are currently going through the recruitment cycle now, either for internships or full-time? Yeah, so I think it's it, it will, and it is, and it, it can be, and it will be uh, tough and stressful at the same time. But I think it's the key is to stay patient and really be true to what your goal is. I think a lot of stress is revolved around, will I have an internship, or will I get this job? Or, a lot of these things are just looming over your head, and... I think uh, we, we tend to lose our focus in moments like that. And so the key is to really stay focused and stay true to your goal. And things will definitely fall into place, you know. And you want to embrace the failures because that's the best way you'll learn. That's the fastest, fastest way to grow as well. Those are powerful words. Thanks for sharing that advice. And thanks again for taking the time out to chat today, Shukan. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciated it. 